Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Mike and Jordan soar into a world where two incompatible Avengers will give us a lethal weapon spin on the superhero genre as they attempt to work together to uphold the legacy left behind by their best friend, Steve Rogers, the original Captain America. In this week's episode, the boys catch up on where Sam and Bucky left us after the events of Endgame, predict what might happen in the series, and speculate what larger impacts the series might have on the MCU as a whole. So, what's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Falcon and Winter Soldier companion series episode brought to you by the Showboys. Um, my name is Mike, and not as always, but as as a few times, a couple times, I am now joined by. Oh, I turned the wrong way. My friend Jordan, he's here. He's he's here with us. He's going to be doing the the companion series with me. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. I'm glad to have you, and really looking forward to digging into some comic stuff with you. Absolutely. It's uh, as all the other, uh, as with everything else and happy to be here. It's a lot of fun every time. Yeah. And it's going to be fun to uh, you know, not talk Christmas or Halloween or blockchain. That's true. Though, since that episode, I did buy some Theta. So, yeah. There you go. He did something right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, if, if you're familiar with Showboys at all, uh, we did a companion series back with season two of The Mandalorian. And basically what we do is after every episode comes out, we get on on here on the podcast and we overanalyze, speculate, um, theory craft, whatever word you want to insert there. Um, basically just recap the episode that we that just came out and then go as deep as we can into that episode and what we think might happen, you know, further on in the series. Uh, and we do that for every episode that comes out, uh, you know, the day or, or the second, you know, two days after the episode releases. And then it just gives you the viewer of the show that you enjoy something to consume while you wait between episodes and maybe something to get your mind, you know, turning and thinking about things that might happen in the show. Uh, it was super fun for The Mandalorian, and I've been itching to get back into a companion series. And, you know, after WandaVision, I'm really hyped about the, the MCU miniseries that, they're com- that are coming down the pipe here. And thought this would be a great one to take a crack at. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing here. Um, I don't know. Are, are you excited to, to be doing this, Jordan? Like, how, how do you feel? <laughs> Yeah, I'm ecstatic. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, 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 I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's a uh, uh, ever since the you know MCU started, it's it's a uh, you know a lot of people I meet will will talk a little bit about comics and you know the last minute comic book questions. And I've never really had a um, uh, had a platform to discuss uh, you know comic book uh, you know scenarios like this or uh, topics like this. Uh, it's meant for it. You know, it's a yeah. It's it, 
sitting in the middle of a comic book store, sometimes it's easy to do <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, with other people. And it, it, you're just like, oh my God, two hours just went by and I'm never <laughs> yeah. going to see this person again. You know, yeah, so, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what we plan to do every week after the new episode comes out. Um, and I'm just excited because, you know, uh, similarly to Star Wars, the MCU is such a, a vast franchise of, you know, movies and now shows. So there, there's going to be a lot, you know, a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of things that we can, you know, really sink our teeth into and, and overanalyze, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which, yeah. which I'm pretty excited about. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing this. We'll be recording uh, a live stream every Sunday at 9 p.m. following the latest episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And if you're here now or listening, you know, on the audio version that we'll be releasing every Tuesday, uh, you'll notice that there wasn't an episode on Friday. And you might be wondering why we're doing this. Well, we wanted to just get you as hyped for this show as we are. So we thought it would be it'd be a good idea to maybe have a pre-show show. show. Uh, and, you know, we just kind of want to catch up on where Sam and Bucky left us at the end of Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, Jordan's going to take us through Bucky and Sam's comic book origin story, which I think will be fun. Uh, and then, yeah, we might just break down the trailer. I have questions for Jordan. Uh, truth be told, I'm not a huge Marvel comic guy. Uh, the comics I do read have all been DC stuff, so... Uh, I know nothing about the Marvel comic universe, but I am like neck deep in the MCU. So, um, you know, I'm glad Jordan is here to guide me in the comic book ways for this, for sure. <laughs> uh, so hopefully he'll have a lot of answers to my many, many, many questions. And yeah, we, we might, you know, maybe speculate what what this series might do to the mcu as a whole you know much like wandavision how that series ended uh seems to have some rather large implications for the mcu uh i wonder if this this series will as well so without further ado uh have you recently seen infinity war or endgame or has it been quite some time for you jordan uh, it's been quite some time, but, um, you know, the uh, ending of Endgame is obviously just like a lot of comic book fans, like, seared into your brain, you know. So it's um, it's an easy um, lift off into into what we're about to get into with the with this companion series. Yeah. Um, so Infinity War, uh, I don't know. I don't think we see Sam get dusted, but I think it's implied that he – I think he pops up on you know one of the screens or something of heroes that got dusted yeah. uh but we saw bucky just you know <laughs> ash away in front of our eyes <laughs> uh, flutter into the sky <laughs> right right in front of poor cap like if there's a way um, i gotta go that's probably i'd probably rather go that way than <laughs> yeah so, so peaceful right mr jordan i don't feel so good <laughs> Um, so, you know, large, large part of Endgame, they're not really in the picture and, and they, they join in in the final fight against Thanos with the classic, you know, Captain America's, you know, it seems to be at the end of his road. Thor is a bloody mess and Tony Stark is, you know, a pile of scraps, uh, <laughs> aluminum foil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Cap's just, you know, standing there with his half-broken shield and, and staring Thanos, you know, maybe in his final moments. And all of a sudden you hear, you know, 
on your left, and then you see the swirly portals open up, and everyone's the the waterworks start. Everyone's eyes start watering, and and the cavalry arrives, and then you get the classic uh, Avengers assemble line, which actually does make me tear up when I, when I, when I hear I, that. <laughs> yeah, I, the only way I would change it is I wouldn't have him whisper it. That was the only gripe I had with it. Yeah, you know, when he finally says assemble, it's like so like soft. Yeah, he's like saying it to himself. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. they should hear you say that if you're trying to assemble them. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably uh, tried it and it just sounded really cheesy. So I don't know. Yeah. it's probably just a. Yeah. So so you know they come back, Bucky and Sam, along with the plethora of other superheroes. They defeat Thanos and then. Cap goes back in time, returns the Infinity Stones to their rightful place, and comes back as an old man. And we get this, uh, you know, bittersweet exchange between Sam and Cap, and basically Cap passes the mantle of Captain America down to Sam, and he accepts the newly forged shield, which looks cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, Sam kind of looks back at Bucky, and Bucky gives him a little nod of approval, and there we have it. That's where we left with Sam and Bucky. Um, so, one thing I'm I'm curious about is like how soon after Endgame this show will be. Um, I would I would assume. I mean, again, it's obviously this is all assumption, you know, through this episode. Um, I I would assume it's going to immediately follow it. Um, there's no longer a a threat to the world, you know, like, mm-hmm. like a, a, I guess even in Thanos case, the, the universe, you know, yeah. uh, but it's becoming more of a, uh, a shield mission, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're not, they're, they're a couple of sidekicks essentially. Right. Um, they're not like, like, like a Thor power level to where they're, they need to go around saving the world. There's little minute things going on around the world. Probably, um, I'm, I'm assuming based on the, the flag smashers that we see in, in, the, in the trailer, it's maybe politically based, um, uh, maybe you know, geopolitical, or whatever. But it's going to different countries, doing different missions for Shield. Um, I think, I think we'll see a lot of you know lower tier this stuff. Not exactly like street level, you know, criminal fighting, but yeah. more government level uh, criminal fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a middle ground there. It's weird. It's yeah, you know, having having that like the planetary threat is obviously like the highest and yeah, be something so, mid range. So like with one, I assume you watched WandaVision, yes or no? I've, I've dabbled through it. Okay, uh, so uh, yeah, it looks like um, WandaVision kind of. I I might be wrong about this, but I think it it starts like pretty much right after Endgame or shortly thereafter. Um, because, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, so I won't. Um, but one, one thing we we had uh, some I mean, podcasts. I, I, I know, I know, like the I know the gist of, of what's happening. Uh, so okay. you don't feel like you have to spoil it for me. I, like uh, I know <laughs> the, the the power levels. I know about Agatha. I know all the whole whole shebang with that. But okay, yeah. So without spoiling the the show itself, like a lot of what WandaVision tackled was wanda how how wanda has dealt with or lack thereof not dealt with her grief from what happened in infinity war and endgame with you know vision (laughs) killing vision 
him coming back to life and then watching Thanos rip his <laughs> stone out of his head, <laughs> watching him die then. And then, you know, then what happens in WandaVision. So yeah. that show very much at its core is kind of a look at how Wanda dealt with, you know, the repercussions of the snap and the return and all that's well, I guess doesn't matter. The return doesn't matter for Wanda because vision died before then. But so with all that being said, I wonder, you know, if, if Falcon and winter soldier will also tackle some aspect of the repercussions of, you know, the snap and the return and all that stuff. Um, I, I think, um, with Falcon, we could, there's there's probably a lot of a lot of story there to to dive into. Maybe Falcon's you know, backstory, maybe missing out with his family, uh, mm. the same way we saw with um, you know Ant Man with his daughter, Scott Lang with his oh, daughter. Oh yeah. Um, with Winter Soldier, his whole life is basically missing. How many years? Yeah. <laughs> He's nothing but like just um, you know time loopholes. <laughs> uh, so I, maybe you know maybe he'll accompany him through that. Uh, but I, I could definitely, I could definitely see they, they, they have to talk about it, right? That's that's something yeah. that that drives it all in, whether it's them or it's a a side character, you know. Yeah. Along with it. Well, like one thing we've seen so far, if like I'm always on the fence of if Spider-Man: Homecoming is like Phase Three or Phase Four, because I mean, like technically it's after Endgame. Yeah. But like it was like literally released right after Endgame. <laughs> so I forgot, like I forgot about the controversy around that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So whether it's phase three or phase four, but like that movie, you know, uh, Peter was dealing with the repercussions of Endgame. WandaVision, same thing. Like so I wonder if at least these early entries will all in some way show some sort of you know coping or like so, some way of these heroes trying to wrap their heads around like what just happened <laughs> especially sure. with yeah. you know both of them being dusted like and coming back that's probably crazy but um one thing we had some some fellow podcasters on our episode uh thursday that will be releasing tomorrow uh from a bite of and they just did their last season on wandavision so we kind of did some mcu talk in that episode and one thing that we we all came to agreement on enjoying with these series is how, like you said, Sam and Bucky are basically just sidekicks of Captain America. Uh, WandaVision is not like a sidekick level character. She, or WandaVision, Scarlet Witch is not that type of character. She's like an Omega level character, right? She, so, but what we've seen of her in the MCU, she has very much been like a tertiary character that doesn't get much screen time, plays very small roles even though she's super strong, probably the strongest person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like Loki again, not like a weak character in any, you know, stretch of the imagination, but like that mini series, it will be, you know, just growing that character. We get to see all of these side characters, like have some serious development and like, attention in these mini series which is really cool like we're, we're gonna have a hawkeye series we're gonna have the armor wars series with war machine and like all these yeah. more minor characters you know getting some light shined shown on them um so i'm excited to see what they do with sam and bucky because they're kind of cool characters but uh another thing that we kind of talked about on thursday was how out of the box wandavision 
was for Marvel and Disney and how out of the box probably Loki will be with the, the seemingly TVA, you know, story arc that they're going to go in there with, you know, the time variance and all that stuff with Loki time traveling. I think Falcon and winter soldier is going to be that palate cleanse in between two very odd shows for Disney even though I loved WandaVision and love what they're going to do with Loki. I love that style of show, but this seems more of your run of the mill MCU. Like here's the superheroes. There's the bad guys. They're going to defeat them. And that's it. Sure. You know, like WandaVision kind of leaves you in a gray area and Loki is going to be doing all kinds of crazy time travel stuff. That's going to be weird. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you kind of get that vibe too, where, this is just kind of like here's here's your normal MCU. Enjoy this for six weeks, and then we'll get back to the weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, and it, like you said, it's you know, Wanda. Wanda is a, a like a omega level mutant. She can literally alter reality. You know, um, uh, Loki is uh, you know a Norse deity. So obviously he's going to, I'm kind of curious of what, what road they'll go down with that. Um, but having a grounded show like this, I think, um, I think it'll be kind of their, the MCU's version of, um, I don't want to say the Mandalorian, but uh, I kind of, I kind of do because it gives you a little, they kind of have the cowboy feel to them. Right. Uh, they're kind of like they're both obviously gunslingers. They're mm-hmm. jumping into a situation that um, they're they're trying to be controlled by another by a higher um, you know like a like a higher uh, level of super, like superiority. Like the government's trying to control what they do, but they obviously can't. Um, right. Obviously, the missions will go a little, little crazy. <laughs> they won't get along. It's part of the drama of the show. Um, <laughs> that's that's why you know I like the idea of you know it's it's, it's lethal weapon, but in the MCU. <laughs> it's it's really the best way to put it. Lethal weapons, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm ready for. I I mean, I've enjoyed what I've seen of the characters throughout the MCU. So I'm I'm glad that they're gonna get like six episodes dedicated strictly yeah. to them and their story. Yeah. Um, but why don't you uh, why don't you shed some light on their comic book origin stories? Well. Um, you know, we were talking about this. They they don't have, you know, the most like you know, crazy, interesting uh, origin stories. Um, <laughs> particularly, you know, like uh, Sam Wilson Falcon. Um, he, I believe, he, he came his first. Um, he first showed up as the Falcon in around ni- the late 1960s, and uh, a lot of his origin story was based on an island. He went there for a particular mission. He was. He's really into birds. Uh, one of his first sidekicks, I know. <laughs> one of his first sidekicks, which I hope we see in the show, like maybe like a, uh, like a, like a, a mechanized version of it. But he had a, a pet named Redbird, I believe, and oh, that was nice. kind of a sidekick. It was kind of like a, it was literally like a, a hawk that was like a red hawk that flew off on its own and, and did its own thing um, for him. But so he was like a bird caller. I <laughs> um, was like a hawk, it was like a falcon, but whatever. Tomato, tomato. Um, but a lot of a lot of that, you know, Sam, Sam Wilson. Uh, he has he's had a lot of um, a social impact on comics. You know, uh, him like Luke Cage. They were one of the first, you know, um, more successful um, uh, black superheroes. You know, mm-hmm. that, that really people were like, oh, this is this is different for us to see around this time. 
And uh, yeah. he, he definitely was able to uh, kind of break certain barriers, you know, um, that was, that were around that particular time. Uh, arguably say today, but um, it's, <laughs> it's a, yeah. uh, it definitely broke the mold. And, you know, he, he goes into um, being the Falcon, obviously for the Avengers, once his character is established and uh, the, his character evolves over time. Uh, he's got early on his very you know feathered look to his his outfit. Eventually, I believe his wings become like a like a sort of vibranium uh, feel to them, so they can slice through things. And then right. uh, he eventually gets hard hard light wings, so it becomes literal light that creates oh. the wings. Really, really cool stuff. And so the <laughs> the character evolves over time, and he became Falcon in 2014 maybe whatever uh i believe it's 2014 it's all new captain america number one and that has the iconic cover with him standing in the 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 captain america outfit with the shield you know it's Ah, it's, nice uh it it was really for someone who didn't really read a whole lot of marvel at that time i remember passing by that book and i'm like what what the hell is this (laughs) when did did this happen you know and that was after civil war captain america was just Mm. shot you know yeah um so I mean that's kind of the the gist of uh, of the Falcon, but you know Bucky, uh, he. His Before first... we go into Bucky, real okay. quick, um, sure. was was Sam like a a part of the military like he was in in the MCU or? So I, I, from what I can remember, he was not part of the military. Uh, he went to this island. I believe it was, I believe he was framed to framed being, um, I think it, like smuggling, I don't know if it was drugs or, um, <laughs> something, but he was, he was framed. And so yeah. he had, he's, he kind of has the classic, like stuck on an Island has to adapt to it and mm. become his own entity out of it. Uh, that's okay. where he kind of learned his, you know, uh, serious stuff. I, I can't remember. I don't believe he, he might've had, I, I don't think he had any military background. So was he was he the Falcon before like he met the Avengers? Like how did he wiggle his way into the he, Avengers? He joined he joined um well he began Falcon and uh he started being Captain America and the Falcon. They had their own series together. So he kind of worked with Captain America before joining the Avengers. Okay. Uh, Joining the Avengers back then was a big deal. Now, like everybody and their roommate <laughs> is in the Avengers. You know, yeah. Deadpool was part of the Avengers at one point. Right. Um, I, I really am trying to remember the if he had military background or not. Maybe someone else can. How, how did he? Uh, how did he end up crossing paths with Cap? Um, I think it was. I think Captain. I don't. I don't remember how they. I never. I never read the. The first book of that i kind of read i kind of read the middle to the end of that series but i believe i believe captain america he saved captain america oh i'm trying to think now i i can't remember so i'm thinking about uh unbelievable and unbelievable um, i will say i will i will be sure. a jordan apologist right now uh <laughs> sure we before before we came on here, Jordan was busy uh, just stomping a debate with the Be Hero Fights podcast. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, you know he did a lot of hard work over there, a lot of heavy lifting. 
And so he, his brain might be a little frazzled right now. So it was a little crazy. I'm I'll give you a lie. pass. I'll give you a pass um, for tonight. I'm try, I really, I really want to, you know, you know, what's crazy. I think in the comics, he actually met Captain America while running also. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. We'll go with that. Uh, all right. So then, yeah. What, what's up with Bucky? Uh, so for, for Bucky, you know, you Bucky was like literally the epitome of a, of a, of a, of a sidekick. He was in <laughs> Captain America comics, number one. Oh, and, nice. uh, you know, that's when that series ended, uh, it was, it just, it just simply ended, you know, the, after, after world war two, comic sales just plummeted, absolutely plummeted. And it eventually got to uh, a point, ironically, after, uh, you know, uh, the assassination of President Kennedy, they decided that, you know, America kind of needs, you know, needs Captain America again, right? So so it was, I think, 19... Kennedy was assassinated in 63. So it, it was March of... March of 64 that Captain America came back and it was, it was a classic Silver Age comic book called Avengers Number 4 and Bucky... Uh, makes a side appearance in that. And it was re- that was when it was revealed that they were both. You know, um, Captain America was lost and and frozen after World War II, mm-hmm. and then uh, they had to you know rescue them. Nice. Um, and it, it was you know Bucky didn't become the Winter Soldier till it was like 2000, 2000, 2005, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's he's a relatively you know new at that. It was, uh, it was uh, Captain America. I just picked up the comic honestly. It was one I wanted to have. It was Captain America number six, I think. Uh, and it was Bucky really gets the uh, Red Hood feel for for Marvel. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, kind of a Jason Todd Robin obviously gets killed by the Joker, comes back yeah. as Red Hood, and you never know who Red Hood is, and it gets it's a big mystery. You know, and they reveal yeah. it's Jason Todd. Yeah, Bucky really does that for Captain America. So is it a similar origin of the Winter Soldier, like we saw in the movies, where like yes, he gets captured by Hydra and then just absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> annihilated uh, well, into oblivion. Yeah, the, the the Russians uh, yeah, utilize him and um, yeah, they restore him. They get they have their own super soldier program. They do uh, whole shebang, and you know the term Winter Soldier. It's um it's a play on Summer Soldier, which um, you know it's uh. It, when a lot of soldiers came back from war and they were forgotten about uh, mm. and government didn't really help them out. You know, it was the winter soldier was kind of a, a parody of summer soldier. Oh, nice. Kind of went with them. I and it's kind of a cool name. You know, I heard when I first heard about that, I was like, it's such a stupid name. You know, <laughs> I went on, I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's actually, actually kind of sweet now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also anyone who's watching the YouTube video or the live stream and you notice when I adjust my seating position. I am wearing Batman pants on a Marvel show. Deal with it. <laughs> and also, it looks like you're wearing a Swamp Thing shirt on. Oh heck, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so double deal with it. We're DC fanboys, but you know what? <laughs> we also like Marvel too because you can do that. Right. right. <laughs> um, that's what we really need, though. By the way, is like a Justice League Dark thing to happen. Oh yeah. Like, Live so action, great. please. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but hey, don't want to derail this entire show. But that would yeah. be like 
my favorite thing ever. Oh my um, gosh, real, real quick, real quick. <clears throat> when you just talked about DC, uh, Red Bird was a uh, was the motorcycle Robin rode. Red Wing was Falcon's uh, pet bird. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> um, but yes, let me do it. No. Uh, we're going to have this as like a reoccurring segment of this, the companion series where uh, once an episode I fire Jordan. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, for I, I think we're going to do this, though, for real. Um, you know, every episode we're going to find a cool character that maybe you don't know the origin story of from the comics. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have a little segment where we, we dive into a character from that episode uh, into their comic origins. So hopefully we find some cool, obscure characters that, well, I mean, every character is going to be an obscure comic character to me because I don't read the Marvel, com- Marvel comics. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the silver and bronze age where a lot of this happened, I, I was for Marvel in particular, I never really went back to, to, to read a ton of it. Um, I, I, I did my best to, you know, read the, the highlights of what I always wanted to know being a comic book fan. You know, it's, yeah, you don't really run into like, um, like some like you know pro on the history of falcon <laughs> you know it's the same with bucky you know yeah uh, it's it's a uh, it's just one of those characters you're like ah there they are they're pretty cool yeah that's the guy the highlights. Yeah. that's the guy yeah. uh but hey speaking of highlights this has nothing to do with it but i did watch the trailer you know, a little, just a, a short bit ago before we went live. Um, I have some questions for you because there's a, a lot from the trailer that is new to the MCU, obviously, and that I want to, to learn about. And the first being what, what is this huge, like nightlife city, like Tokyo, like that's all like lit up in neon lights that, that we see here. This seems like a, a probably not great place. Yeah. For- <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure that's uh, a place called Ma- Madripoor and it's, it's a, um, it's a fictional city uh, within the, the Singapore area, I think. And okay. it's, it's very, if, if you're, when, if you read X-Men comics, you'll see Wolverine has a small history there. I believe Psylocke had an issue, had, had some stuff go on there. Um, but it, Ironically, importantly to uh, Sam's origin story, he was he was crash land on the, on the island of the Exiles, and ironically, the Exiles hang out in this fictional city of Madripoor. The Hand, also from the Daredevil series too. They're they're, they're they got a big station there too. So it's nice. it's, it's got a lot of lot of a lot of uh, character history to build on. Okay. And if Wanda, WandaVision did anything to alter reality or even the reality gem did it and brought mutants into the timeline, we could find more of them there. See some Easter eggs here yeah, maybe in this city. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, one of the, the, the cool visuals that they do in that trailer in Madripoor is you have everything from rich crime lords to, like, the lowest guttered slums. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you have casinos you have everything and and if you you can see almost like really really run down housing mm-hmm. sitting underneath giant neon skyscrapers <laughs> you know and the nice. water you see like little little trashy like not trashy it's so bad um <laughs> little little horrible fishing sailboats next to giant yachts uh, so this okay. like they, that one that one image really sets the tone for for what they'll probably 
Galaxy. It feels like a Star Wars city, honestly. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, it, and it sounds like the city has a lot of importance in the comics. Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting if uh, if they actually leave some you know clues, some Easter eggs in in the scenes here. And in, in, you said Madripoor. Madripoor, yeah, I th- that's ah. that's how I've always pronounced it. I've, okay. I've never like had it you know verbalized really, but. Hey, sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, or if they're if they're just gonna do an old like Evan Peters Pietro, like, ha, just a right. boner joke. Right. <laughs> Could happen. Could it's happen. actually not Madripoor. It's actually Madriboner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's in Singapore, so I guess that's that's kind of where I get the you know, sounding. Hey, there. I have no idea. I've never heard of this place, so you could have fooled me if you're if you're wrong. <laughs> Um, so lying about everything so far, I'm just <laughs> yeah. everyone watching is like, why does he have this guy on the show? <laughs> just lying about everything? Yeah. Oh man. The next big thing that I saw in the trailer, uh, obviously is Zemo's return and yeah. he's holding his, his fabled purple mask. Right. That, that was one of the biggest upsets for me in civil wars. We never got to see the purple mask. I kind of, it kind of adds the uh, the comic book character to the mastermind, you know? Right. Uh, but it, it, what Baron Zemo could be doing, and it's the sky's the limit. Honestly, he's he's done he's done everything from just making Captain America's life a personal hell to <laughs> you know just completely wrecking the Avengers. It's it's I've no I've no idea what he could possibly be doing, but it's uh, I, I'm pretty. Maybe honestly, he might be doing some type of manipulation, um, maybe through uh, like propaganda or something to maybe help the flag smashers carry on their mission. Okay, that's just an idea. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering. So, like, we last saw Zemo in Civil War, right? And he's Mm -hmm. trying to break up the Avengers, which he did successfully. Uh, But you know, hey. Thanos came and they're just like, Hey, let's squash this beef and then right. take out, take out this big purple grimace, like gauntlet wearing yeah. <laughs> D bag. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously they're not going to retread the same tire and have him try to break up the Avengers again. So yeah, I was, I was definitely wondering like what, what exactly they plan to do with this character and like, what, what's he up to? What's he scheming back there behind that purple mask? Exactly. Uh, but you bring up the flag smashers and um, yeah. So those are the, those are the people we see in the trailer with the, the mask and the like red hand, like Lord of the Rings hand print yeah. over their face. I thought of the same thing. Like it's like <laughs> Lord of the Rings meets the purge, right? Yes. Uh, anytime full disclosure, I see a hand print on any face. I just immediately, yes, it's just Lord of the Rings it will always be. Um but I think you know maybe maybe some people got duped into thinking maybe this was the hand organization. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of of pundits out there are are pointing towards the flag smashers, which I know nothing about either organization. So why don't you explain <laughs> the flag smashers to me? Uh, so the, the flag smashers, plural. I'm not going to really have much idea, much of an idea on because. They, I don't, to my knowledge, they never existed in, in comics. In comics, it was embodied into into one character okay. named the Flag Smasher, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it wasn't really uh, 
any anything beyond that. But you know, he he was he was kind of a, a low tiered villain that I think you'd see him in. Uh, I mean, obviously you'd see him in Captain America. You'd see him in. Uh, he actually popped up in um, Moon Knight a few times, and uh, I think Ghost Rider at one point. I don't know why he would go against Ghost Rider, but he really, the, the character himself is just like a, he's like a, just a, a, a terrorist mastermind, a lot like Baron Zemo, which okay. is probably, which is probably why they decided to take the character and make it into an organization rather than just a solid character because we have Baron Zemo, right? Yeah. I was going to say maybe, maybe yeah. Zemo takes that like mantle in the MCU as like the, the founder organizer exactly. of the flag yep. smashers. He could be like the you know Cobra commander <laughs> of that group and they're, they're Cobra. Right. right. Uh, I, I, it's all, all speculation, but um, in my mind that makes sense that, you know, Baron Zemo is fueling the flag smasher group with a particular propaganda that the world maybe doesn't need a, a Captain America or, you know, Captain America had the wrong ideals. And right. that's why Sam's not exactly, you can tell that Sam's not Captain yeah. America yet. Right. Yeah. 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 He definitely has um, a lot of like hesitation in the, the scenes of Sam in the trailer, like specifically when you see him in the suit, hold like the like suit suit, like tuxedo suit, not like mm-hmm. Falcon or Captain America suit, but like, I think they're in the museum or something. Maybe it kind of looks like the Captain America ish museum that we've yeah. seen in whatever movie that was in. Uh, but he's like holding Cap's shield and he just like looks hesitant sure. or like not thrilled. Yeah, yeah right. Like, like so, I'm Batman for this, right? Yeah. So I don't know if that's like a he he feels bad that he's like you know replacing a friend and like a colleague, you know, or if he's, you know, if there's maybe some other sinister type, like reason for that. We, we, we might see a dynamic also where maybe Bucky's a little bit irritated though, that he didn't become Captain America himself. Right. He's a super soldier. He mm-hmm. served with Captain America. Yeah. In the, in the comic books, he became the second Captain America. Yeah. Uh, Anything. It could be. I mean, then because also in the trailer, they're kind of in like a group therapy session. <laughs> yeah, so maybe yeah. they very yeah. well could be. Uh, but you mentioned, you know, Flag Smasher as like a terrorist. You got, you got Zemo is pretty much the same thing. Uh, you know who else was kind of labeled as a terrorist organization in the MCU? And that would be the Ten Rings. And I wonder if maybe there is any correlation between the flag smashers or zemo and the 10 rings that you know popped up at iron man 2 or 3 or whatever random one-off mention they were in an iron man movie yeah. um because we know that the 10 rings is probably going to be returning in uh the Sh- shang dot i don't oh, crap uh shang shang's shang chi and the legend of the 10 rings Correct, I believe. Is, that is, is it called the, Legend, the Legend of the Ten Rings? I want to say so, but I could be wrong. So let me Google it. Uh, but we 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 know that there it is. Oh, oh. yes. Sometimes he's, I know what I'm talking the, about. It's not very not very often. <laughs> On steroids, <laughs> it's got <laughs> right. ten of them. Um, but yeah, I wonder if like you know because they've been referenced before as a terrorist organization. Now, again, like, like I've been saying this whole episode, I don't know anything other than what I've seen in the MCU. So I don't know like the real 
for like comic version of the 10 rings and what they're all about. But I wonder if, if somehow the flag smashers or Zemo will tie into that and maybe some of the stuff that we see in Falcon and winter soldier, like play out in the Shang-Chi movie. That's, that's, that's a, a really good, uh, good idea. Cause you know, the, the 10 rings, they're, they're weapons of, uh, the Mandarin, right. Yeah. Uh, who we, Iron Man three, I believe, got into that in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Show the Mandarin. And um, side note, there was actually like a a short film, like a sh- uh, I don't even know if it was a fan short or if it was something that Marvel actually put out. But Kevin Feige's like, yeah, you guys should watch that, like whenever it came out, because that actually is canon. So oh. I haven't, I don't recall off the top of my head what the name of that short was, but um, I definitely remember seeing that video, and then being like. I need to watch it and then never watched it, but <laughs> it kind of goes a little deeper into like the man, the Mandarin and like, I almost said the Mandalorian <laughs> and, <laughs> and the Ten Rings. <laughs> the Mandarin Alorian. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's very possible, especially since again, we're going to Madripoor in Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. It's we're getting closer to the region where potentially some members of that could be hanging out. Uh, I mean, I, I hope, I hope that the whole show is not just around them chasing a bunch of, you know, I mean, the, the flag smashers based on what we were watching. Well, I guess they would like hijack like a semi. So they're not like just running through the streets, throwing Molotovs or anything. They obviously yeah. have some funding, which really leads me back to the idea that Zemo probably is behind yeah. a lot of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I think, I think Madripoor should, there's gotta be a reason why they showed that in the trailer. And that, that's probably where a lot of it will expand on. Hopefully. So, do you know much about Shang Chi at all? Um, but he's he's a in in the in the Marvel Marvel comics. Uh, you know, the uh, Chi is obviously a real power, and Shang Chi mm-hmm. is the master of the Chi power. Really I know that his character was basically Bruce Lee in comic form. Yeah, like yes. they, they even like came out and said like, yeah, this is pretty this much. This is Bruce our Lee. version. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. So like, does he have any, any history of, of Madripoor? Like being um, in there? Not, anywhere? not to my knowledge. Most, most of the stuff that, um that I really, uh, I read through with, with um, Shang-Chi was through, um, I believe heroes for hire and uh, some secret Avengers stuff. And none of that really, really went there. Okay. Uh, Marvel Knights too. Uh, but he's, if you ever want to learn a lot about Shang-Chi, uh, he, he was, he had a series along with iron fist also. So if you're okay. an iron fist fan, you want to you know read them together. Yeah. So another like side trail here, um, since we're talking about Shang-Chi, from what I've heard about this movie is it, it, it almost sounds like a an MC version of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the movie, yeah. the a big premise of the movie is this big fighting tournament that, you know, Shang-Chi is going to be a combatant in. Uh, there's speculation that Iron Fist, whether or not it's played by the Netflix Iron Fist, you know, if it's a, re- a reboot or a continuation of that character played by the same guy, or if it's just like a complete like reboot of it. Um, he's supposed to be in it. Uh, you know, maybe Bucky or Sam somehow gets roped into it. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's a list of some confirmed characters that are supposed to be fighting in this tournament. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, again, 
we have no idea where this whole episode zero is just a giant speculation fest. But I wonder. You never know. What yeah. maybe it would be super cool if they somehow tied in, you know, Zemo and the Flag Smashers and the Ten Rings, and somehow that ropes in Bucky or Sam into this fighting tournament somehow. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, there's, there's other side characters they can pull into that too. Like for Shang-Chi, there's uh, uh Swordmaster was, was one of the characters. It's kind of been a fair fight though, probably in a ring. <laughs> 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 I mean, technically not because they have superpowers, but if, if they're not using powers. All right. Um, yeah, we got some cool returning characters here that we've seen from past MCU stuff. Uh, I've heard that Don Cheadle might make an appearance as War Machine, which would make sense. Yeah. Um, Sharon Carter will be back as confirmed in the trailer. Uh, she's, you know, smacking dudes with metal batons and throwing some flying knees. So that'll be cool. Um, and George St. Pierre is back uh, reprising his role as uh, George Batrock from Civil War. So I'm interested. I don't recall off the top of my head. Was he affiliated in any way with Zemo or was that just like a, a, random side completely different side story that to start off civil war or whatever Um, because he was the guy on the the tanker ship or whatever that they like that the the shield raided on with uh, captain Captain america being the captain of the mission Mm -hmm. um batrick in the in the comics he's um i believe he's a kickboxer yeah. Um, but but he's like a, like a lethal kickboxer. I, I always kind of I was kind of joke. He's like John Claude Van Damme from Bloodsport. You know, um, I was literally about to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really really feels that way. And uh, you know, side note for that is really cool because he's really the only like you know non superpowered person to actually stand up to Captain America. Right? He wasn't really yeah. scared of him, and he fought him, and he, he, he lost obviously. But um, but he's he's basically basically a um, um, a French mercenary. So he, you, you could, he could be working for Zemo and then he could be working for God knows mm-hmm. who else later just, on. Just the, a leg for hire. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Particularly the right leg. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but fun fact, if you're not a UFC fan, have no idea who George St. Pierre is the actor who plays uh Batrock in civil war. Um, he is a French UFC fighter. So uh, oh, I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah, he's uh, actually one of the best UFC fighters uh, in his time. He held the belt for quite some time. Uh, so I always find it uh, cool when they actually get someone who knows what they're doing uh, fighting-wise to play in these heavy action, you know, hand-to-hand combat type roles. So he was, you know, he knew what he was doing to old Steve old Chris yeah. Evans. Uh, Sounds like it. <laughs> that probably really sucked filming that with that stunt double. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's a, a classic, um, a classic team. He's the leader of it in the comics too, called a uh, bad trucks brigade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was, it was in like a, a, a pink and, and gold outfit. Oh, He's very not nice. as, yeah. I, I think, I think in the trailer it showed him in, in like a, like a purple gold outfit, didn't it? Like a vest or I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was noticing there was definitely some throwbacks for that, but he's 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 also um, that particular character is a member at one point of the Thunderbolts. I don't know if you know who the Thunderbolts are. I've heard. I, yeah. I don't They're, know much, but I keep hearing that tossed around in like uh, you know Marvel. Okay, sorry for all the side notes, but like here's another one. Uh, <laughs> if you've listened to Showboys for any period of time, you'll know that I 
typically do not like to watch trailers or like read up on movies or shows that I want to watch. There's only one exception. And then that is the MCU. Like for some, I'm super invested in the story, but like, I don't really care if stuff gets like mildly spoiled for me or if I like get into other people's speculation because I find it fun. But like, I would never do that for DC stuff. I would never do that for random movies that I go watch. I like to just go into things blind and like experience everything about what I'm watching for the first time as I'm watching it instead of like potentially having something ruined for me. But with that being said, you know, of all the like speculation videos of phase four and all this stuff, uh, I've heard thunderbolt bolts be tossed around uh, quite a bit. So please tell me more about them. Oh, they're um, in, in essence, and not to put the, the, the DC movie on it, but um, in the comics, they are, they're, they're virtually the suicide squad in Marvel. Uh, okay. uh, they're, they're, they're basically the, the captured, uh, anti-heroes or uh, villains set on this team and they got to you know, complete these missions. And right. it's um, th- ironically, and it, this is kind of something I'm waiting for them to do something. Um, but Thunderbolt Ross, who's like the, the main general in, in civil war, he's, he's uh, he was in the, the original Hulk movie with Edward Norton before. Yeah. 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 Um, That's the Red- link everyone keeps making. Yeah. He's, he's Red Hulk. Oh, and, okay. and, uh, and his daughter, Liv Tyler is Red She-Hulk. Um, that, I think, she might be part. No, I don't think she's part of the Thunderbolts, but but uh, Thunderbolt Ross is a big part of the Thunderbolts. And okay. um, it's kind of waiting because obviously he's kind of a villainous character, right? Kind of a scumbag. Yeah, he's kind of a scumbag, yeah. <laughs> so just, just waiting for something like that to, to happen. But like you're Elect- saying uh, Electra's on there, Batrick's on there, Punisher's okay. on there. A, yeah. Which, spicy rumor, if you've listened to our newscast at all, like I've I've thrown out many articles about the rumors of John Bernthal reprising his role as Frank Castle in a new uh, Punisher series that is actually within the MCU, which okay. uh, it might be um, pushed over to Hulu instead of Disney Plus, obviously, because of its more mature and graphically violent content. <laughs> but. I- Yes, yeah, I'd almost rather than not make it that. I mean, as much as I'd love to see it graphic because the Punisher, I'd almost rather than not do that just to keep the identity, you know, yeah. together with everything else. Um, I I will say out of all, did you watch any of the Netflix Marvel series like Daredevil, Iron watched, Fist, Luke Cage? I watched all of them besides the Defenders, which is ironically okay. the Defenders are my favorite Marvel team. <laughs> nice. Go figure. Um, the Punisher was probably my favorite of the Netflix Marvel series. Daredevil is amazing. I didn't watch much Luke Cage. I liked, you know, Jessica Jones was all right. Never watched Iron Fist or Defenders. Um, but yeah, so of, of all the the Netflix Marvel characters that I hope that they, you know, tie into the MCU now that they have those rights, uh, Frank Castle is one. John Bernthal was an, an amazing Punisher. Uh, and I, I like Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. I think he did oh, yeah. a cool version of Daredevil. But the the person from the the Netflix Marvel or the Netflix Daredevil show, they need that Kingpin. Like Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio was so good as yeah. Kingpin, smashing like, the head with the car door. Oh my so gosh, cool. he was so brutal. I, I um, remember I was I mean like and I've watched all the Punisher. It never happened one time through the craziest of the Punisher or even uh, season two of Daredevil where Punisher does the craziest things. 
but when Kingpin was smashing the dude's head with the car door, I was just like, ah, I, don't, like, ah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't even uh, do the, like horror movies. Some, the, some reason, the intensity of that, you could yeah, just, dude, he, like my head was getting crushed. Yeah, yeah, he literally killed it, like mm-hmm. in that as in that role as that character. So, um, tangent aside, uh, you know, hope that they are able to bring those people into the MCU somehow. But yeah, so that's cool. Uh, so we have some more potential tie-ins to the Thunderbolts here. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to see how they, they tie in Batroc to Zemo to the Flag Smashers. And if any of those have any correlation with the Ten Rings. Um, do you have anything from the trailer in particular that maybe stood out to you that you're kind of looking forward to or that you want to you know, uh, enlighten me to? which could literally be anything. Cause <laughs> uh, I mean, it, there's, I, I think this, I'm, I'm curious to see if they go into some of the, you know, the, the bronze age and silver age stuff of the characters. Um, you know, the, the cybernetic prosthetic that winter soldier has, like if, well, uh, if he loses it, like he was, he's able to like control it with his mind, mm-hmm. you know, it could get some like Adam's family hand crawling thing. You know? <laughs> He um, just thinks real hard, and it comes flying through the air like Thor's <laughs> hammer. <laughs> he just sticks his stub out. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's as you can tell. Again, the, the a lot of these, a lot of this, uh, the past. These characters are. You can tell why they don't dive into it too hard, and they just take the, what they made in the MCU and move forward. Yeah. Um, the, honestly, if I can go on a side thing, there, there, there's some of the characters, uh, much like Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. um, where. I didn't care about these characters much at all before the MCU and the MCU was able to make a movie with them and make me care about them. Yeah. And it, it, it was kind of revolutionary for comics too, because all of a sudden I wanted to read their comics. Right. I mean, it was as a comic book lover, I'm like, they're making a guardians of the galaxy movie. Are they, yeah. are they morons, you know, like <laughs> and they killed it. And like, wasn't, I mean, Iron Man is huge, but like, yeah. wasn't he not like, the most largest Marvel comic yep. character. I mean, he wasn't like Captain America, Thor level in popularity, right? No, he was. He wasn't. He was. He was an original part of the Avengers. Um, but even the Avengers, when they first became the Avengers, it wasn't. I guess even groundbreaking. Uh, Iron Man is still. I think. I think in the the Avengers number one, Iron Man's in like just a plain silver robotic looking outfit you know when when stanley did a lot of the earlier things especially with the fantastic four um the character of the thing he he was doing a lot of um he went from doing like these like like um love novels to cowboy comic books and then he started doing a bunch of um kind of like horror type characters and it's funny you know the thing he was literally a character he had written for a, a horror series Oh, and I mean, the nice. Fantastic Four, he was like, oh, this character will fit great in this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I look at the original Iron Man, he's just like a bumbling, he almost looks like a, <laughs> an evil robot, you know? Yeah. So it, it has the same feel. So <laughs> he, he doesn't look like he was meant to be anything spectacular. Right. Uh, and they it took him a, you know, decent amount of time and character development. Um, some of the best character developments of Tony Stark is uh, he's a struggling alcoholic. You know, and right. he was dealing with the fame and um, where the Fantastic Four were celebrities because they were superheroes. 
Tony Stark was consumed by his previous lifestyle and, you know, partying and having all that fun. Uh, But yeah, but to to answer your question, he wasn't, wasn't like a big thing. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny that of all the characters, he's the one that kind of started this (laughs) thing, like 11, 12 years ago now. 2008, Um, I think. Yeah. What a movie. It's so good. It really was. Um, But yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums up uh, all the, the questions I had about the trailer. And I think we kind of did a, a little bit there to speculate what, what this show might do to the MCU as a whole, like moving forward. Um, now I will, I, I do want to know, like, you know, with Wanda being a mutant and like everyone was expecting a big, like, sort of X-Men reveal or mutant reveal in the MCU. Uh, you know, now that they have the the rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and stuff like that. Um, but we kind of didn't really get too much of one, really. I mean, they kind of dealt with it a little bit. If you, I mean, again, I don't want to like ruin too much of the actual show, so I don't want to go too deep into it. But like, do you expect any sort of of Easter eggs pertaining to maybe mutants outside of the Madripoor tie-in. Um, do you see them maybe like somehow referencing a Reed Richards or something with shield or. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think uh, yes to both of those. I think with Tony Stark being gone, Reed Richards is the next member um, to replace him for that. You know, in the comic books is a group called the Illuminati and the Illuminati is like basically um, you know, the smartest and richest people from around the world are working into it. Um, and they're yeah. generally heroes, you know? Um, but Dr. Strange is one of them. Uh, Black Panther is one of them. Reed Richards is one of them. Tony Stark was one of them. So maybe I think that'll happen. Uh, there, there's, there's really early signs, uh, especially uh, in early MCU where you can tell that there might be some mutant influence going on in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Edward Norton Hulk movie, um, they mentioned he spent some time in Canada. Well, in, in the comics, uh, full of mutants, those you know, dang absolutely, Canadians, absolutely. But, <laughs> but Hulk, you know, Hulk, Hulk fights Wolverine in the Canadian wilderness out there with a character named Wendigo. So it's, they're kind of doing a little nod to that. And I know early yeah. on the MCU wanted to have mutants quicker, but right. um, it's the groundwork's there, and and Wanda and Quicksilver are obviously mutants. They exist. Yeah. So and <laughs> Magneto is their father. So we know that Magneto exists, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's just waiting. And maybe between the reality gem or whatever the heck is happening in, in WandaVision, it'll spark either the, the mutant gene to kick in right. or you know, if it was me, if it was me just saying the way I would do it, Xavier would exist and the school of mutants would exist and you know, Cyclops would, would exist there and the mutants would be on the edge of extinction. And so they've laid low because they don't want the government to know about them. And what, whether it's WandaVision or the reality gem, it sparks the, the, the mutant gene to kick in and mm. mutants are popping up all over the place. And Xavier wants to help, you know, accustom them to the, the world, you know, right. that's, that's how I do it. Yeah. A lot of people, well, maybe not a lot of people, but um, I was one of said people. Maybe you could do something with like the the radiation from the snap, like you know, yeah, 
sets off, you know, activates mutant genes from around the world, right? Or like maybe the, with people coming back when they re-snapped or something like that. Or even if you want to get specific to just WandaVision, like her creating the hex over um, Westview, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the the radiation, because they mentioned radiation in the show, um, you know, maybe that, you know, awaken some mutant genes or something. Absolutely. Um, real but, quick, real quick, you know, the yeah. one thing that uh, Endgame kind of alluded to was, you know, the, the trouble out in the ocean. Uh, you know, when, when I hear Namor. that, I, exactly. And yeah. Na- Namor's half mutant. So it's, a, yeah. it's another open door. And they, they, that was, you know, that was actually a significant little mention that they mm-hmm. put a lot of emphasis, emphasis on it, you know. <laughs> uh, I forget the character's name, but um whoever oh no now i forget the actress's name but she plays michonne in the walking dead anyways uh her response to black widow she's like uh it was just an earthquake bro like (laughs) there's nothing to see here easter egg wise namor's like (laughs) yeah just an earthquake say it again crush pop um, can Yeah, I'm excited to see if if maybe, you know, with Madripoor being kind of a central hub for a lot of happenings, it sounds like in the comics, maybe we'll get a little tease or a little introduction here or there. My idea would be uh, going forward throughout Phase 4, because I don't think any mutant films particularly, like Fantastic Four, I think, is a Phase 5 film. Uh, you do have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, so I'm sure there will be lots of Easter eggs in there. Um, But like with each one of these series and each one of these phase four movies, you know, maybe in a post credit scene here or there or an Easter egg in a scene here or there, you start like being like, Oh, that's, you know, Cyclops or whatever. Like, you know, start slowly trickling them in and then phase five, you can just go, you know, put to the floor. You're, you're set with the problem of, well, you know, the world just almost ended. Where were you guys? Right. Like, I mean, mutants have have really uh, after you know in the comics they they eventually when Xavier is dead Cyclops has an island called Utopia. Whoa, spoiler! No, I'm just kidding. Oh, right. <laughs> in the comics, in the comics, uh, Cyclops has a, an island called Utopia, and mm-hmm. he becomes kind of um, a mutant extremist. He just wants to protect them, and he's he becomes almost villainous, you know, in, in extremist ways, but. Um, I, th- I think it's a, it's a perfect open door. Like, you know, why didn't you guys help us? Well, because there's not many of us left and we're trying to protect our own at this point. Humans right. don't care about us. So we got to protect ourselves. So it's, <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a perfect way to, you gotta, you have to bring them in. I think the same way you brought Batman into the DCU, you have to bring him in almost as a, a villainous um, entity. Yeah. You don't really, he's not really a villain, but, he wants to stop who's ever been, who's, who's so, who's so far to this point been the hero. Right. Yeah. And, and they're a polar opposite of, of what you've always known to be the hero. So you think of it as villainous, but they're right. heroes in their own way. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they tie that in and hopefully we'll get some sort of tie in, you know, whether large or small here with this Falcon and winter soldier series. Um, yeah, that pretty much wraps up what I, wanted to talk about here in episode zero. So do you have any uh, closing remarks or anything you want to get off your chest before the first episode comes out Friday? Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, I'm excited to do the, the first episode of this. Cause we'll be able to you know, discuss about yeah, what actually, actually happened. Talk about something that happened. That happened exactly. 
Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. If you, uh, you know, tuned into the live stream, I hope you enjoyed it. If you're watching this video on YouTube afterwards, uh, and you liked what you heard, please subscribe and hit the notification bell and let us know what you thought. It really helps us out. Um, you can find all of our stuff, uh, showboys related at link tr.ee slash showboys podcast. Uh, you'll find all of our podcasting platforms, uh, all of our social media pages and a link to our discord page, which, uh, probably is the best place to keep in touch with everything podcast related. Um, so go follow us, like rate review, subscribe, uh, join the discord. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks again. Every Sunday following the newest release of Falcon and Winter Soldier, we will be here breaking it down for you guys. Um, live stream style. And if you're not able to tune into the live stream, the audio versions will release every Tuesday morning. So with that being said, uh, our good friend SJT, who allowed us to use his Mandalorian theme song remix for our Mandalorian companion series, has graciously allowed us to use an Avengers remix that he did and I'm going to play us out enjoy his amazing rendition of this song and go follow him on all of his social medias uh, which will be in our episode description Avengers. So we call ourselves to a team. It's mightiest hero.